You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. One New York Times interview and a report from Mark Steins uh, now has fans wondering whether Giannis is eyeing the Big Apple. So according to Mark Stein, quote, the Lakers and the Knicks are already being mentioned as franchises presumed to interest Giannis Antetokounmpo down the road if he does decide to move on from Milwaukee, end quote. He adds that, quote, the Bucks just made a slew of moves re-signing Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, replacing Mike Budenholzer as coach with Adrian Griffin to try to appease the face of its franchise. Now, this report came after Giannis, who is set to become a free agent in 2025 did an interview with the new york times where he seemed to put pressure on the milwaukee bucks to do whatever it takes to build a championship team he said uh signing extension this summer uh, about signing extension next summer because he said this summer it wouldn't make sense given the money that he would be passing up if he signed an extension uh this season but uh talking about next summer he said uh i would not be the best best version of myself if i don't know that everybody's on the same page everybody's going for a championship Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. If I don't feel that, I'm not signing. So pretty direct words from Giannis Antetokounmpo. He added, quote, um, at the end of the day, being a winner, uh, being a winner, it's overall, that's the goal. Winning a championship comes first. I don't want to be 20 years on the same team and don't win another championship. So so you got Giannis saying, I know all that stuff I've said about wanting to stay on one team is true. But I'm not doing that at the expense of winning championships and basically saying that I'm not signing an extension until the Bucs show me that they're ready to win uh, an NBA title again. So, A, how realistic do you believe uh, it is that Milwaukee could lose Giannis and Giannis could actually end up leaving? And, and B, how realistic do you think it is for the Knicks to be in this picture if indeed Giannis decides to leave? Yeah, AJ. I mean, I was on vacation. As you mentioned, I was on vacation. So I just kind of saw the blurbs on Twitter, scrolling through my phone, uh, you know, over the weekend. Didn't really think too much of it. You know, there's those aggregator bots that, you know, put together stuff and make it seem like every star player is on the move every other day. Um, But I got back and and then sat down and read the interview and was surprised, uh, you know, genuinely surprised at how strong his comments were. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to call it a threat. Um, but it was a putting a team on notice, essentially saying, you guys know I'm loyal. You guys know I love you. Um, you know what I'm about as a human being. Um, and nobody can question Giannis's character and, and just the, yeah. one, of the, one of the best people on the planet, let alone basketball players. If you know his backstory, um, I would definitely recommend watching the movie Rise. I watched it with my wife and daughter, um, mm-hmm. and they both really loved it. Just a true underdog story. Um, really easy kid to root for. Plays the right way. Plays hard. Um, and the exceptionally rare player uh, that's a MVP and plays like he's on a, you know, a 10 day contract. Um, 
All that being said, he put it out there, basically letting the Bucks know uh, nothing's. Ta- I'm not taking it for granted. Don't take me for granted. Um, you know, if you want to keep me around, make sure you do the right thing and and put the right pieces around me. So I think you know we have to consider that this is a um, a, a interesting. You know, uh, uh, you know. I think the Bucks certainly didn't love hearing this. If you're a Bucks fan, you have to be nervous. And if you're Nick fans, you have to be intrigued. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's one of the best players in the world. Um, having him on your team immediately vaults you to, uh, you know, championship, if not contender status, favorite status. Um, so listen, we're a long ways away. Um, kind of the 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 uh, the one thing that we the one kernel of fact that we have here is that in, in mid September, I think September 22nd is the date. I'm not sure. It's late September, mid September. There's a date at which. The Bucks can offer Giannis a three-year max extension. Um, I think it's around $120 million, um, you know, that, that would make him one of the highest paid players in the NBA. He had said in this interview, I will not sign this summer. Yes. Um, you know, basically the money doesn't make sense. Something along those lines. Um, we'll, we'll take a look again next summer. Um, again, they have him under contract for two more seasons before he has a player option. Um, but right now, I would have said, you know, this is something we, we, we even hinted at on the pod going back weeks, going back months, you know, maybe there was like a 15% chance Giannis would become an unrestricted free agent um, when it's first possible in, in in July of 2025. You got to bump that number up now. Do you want to bump it up to 50%? Do you want to bump it up to 20%, 25%, 60%, whatever that number is, um, make no mistake. Giannis has put the team on notice, and all of a sudden the 23-24 season for Milwaukee becomes a very, very important season. Yeah, I mean, it is essentially a championship or bust season for the Milwaukee Bucks coming up because Giannis put it out here that he wants to win, that winning a championship in 2021 was the best feeling in the world and that that's not something he wants to feel just once. And like he said, uh, you know, he said about wanting to be a player like Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, guys that have played on one team for their entire career. But he says he's not going to put that ahead of an opportunity somewhere else that may be better to win a championship. I mean, all the the kind of innuendo that Joel Embiid was putting out there in that comments, little comments of Mark, Mark uh, Maverick Carter, there is no innuendo in these, in these comments to the New York Times. He's saying it very clear that I'm going to win a championship. If it is not here, it will be somewhere else. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how realistic I thought it was until I heard this interview, but I, I probably felt like there was a better chance than maybe most only because of the construction of the Bucks roster. It's a little wonky because you have so many of these players that are their star players that are at, at, at very advanced ages. I mean, yep. You just signed Chris Mills into a long-term deal, just re-signed Brooke Lopez, just signed Drew Holly. I mean, those are guys all well north of 30 years old, guys that are not entering the prime of their careers. This is not a team that has these great young assets that they've been, you know, building up and developing to then take over, become stars when these guys eventually have to either step away or they have to move these guys. Like it really is like this very short window for this team to win. And once that window closes, it's closed for good. And I don't really see a clear way for the Bucs to rebound and say, okay, we're going to pivot this way. And now we're a championship contender. I, I, I said it a bunch on this show that I wonder if the Bucs take a step back this year because of, uh, you know, a seeing how the regular season didn't mean much for them when they got the number one seed and still lost in the first round of the playoffs, but also like, is, is it worth it for them 
to have to play through an 82 game grind, uh, knowing that they have guys who are not just also older, but also we've seen injury prone. I mean, Chris Middleton has been in that Atlanta for two years now. Uh, Drew Holiday is a guy been a guy who's been injured a lot throughout his career. Brooke Lopez is a guy who's been injured a lot throughout his career. So, yeah, I, I think it's becoming more realistic. I think it's not something Giannis wanted, but I think he's seeing what I see. He sees a roster that is very good, but it's like if it doesn't happen soon, what, what, it, what is the next step? And I think that's where the comments of, you know, is everybody, it was kind of weird when we said sacrificing time away from their family. I mean, I don't know really what to make of that. I'm sure I would assume the Bucks are taking the time to work the phones to make every move possible. But I think what he means by that, though, is that are we, are we turning, is every, we leaving every stone unturned yeah. in terms of trying to make this team a sustainable winner. Because right now it kind of looks like the Bucks kind of just like kind of working on autopilot. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the other thing in terms of bringing in talent, um, you know, they've traded away their 2024, their 2026 and swaps. Yep. Um, the Knicks own their 25 pick. They traded their 27 pick to the Pelicans. Um, so they can – I believe they can trade one future first rounder uh, due to the stipend rule. Possibly, I guess they could go 28 and 30, although they traded 27. So, yeah, so probably the 2029 first rounder is the only pick they can trade. Um, they have just two second rounders left they can trade. Remember, they gave away a whole ton of – a bunch of them. I believe it was four for Jay Crowder uh, at the yeah. deadline last season. So, um, you know, that's – you know, that that's another – you know, uh, you, you, only, you only have so much capital with which to bring in new talent. Um, you know, when you mentioned the aging roster, they don't have young guys that they're – you know, that, that teams are you know are, are really going crazy for so it's not like they could trade you know at the deadline if the team's kind of uh you know floating above you know only 10 games above 500 not living up to expectations trying to adjust to a new coach they can bring in an infusion of new talent trade for one of the top guys that um uh, happens to be on the trade block so that's another reason why you know if you're a bucks fan you got to be concerned um not only is the team uh, the team is built to win now, so that's a good yeah. thing. You know, that, yeah, that is a positive. They're not a bad team. They're a team that by, can win next year. By no means. If they're not the favorites to win the title this year, um, you know, you can't pick two or three other teams. Um, you know, and we've talked about the East is definitely up for grabs. Um, Boston going through kind of a bit of a, you know, some some question marks. They traded away their toughest heart of the team, the Marcus Smart. KP's dealing with some injuries. Philadelphia's a mess right now. Um, so it's not like there's, you know, the, you know, the upper echelon teams tend to be out west in terms of Phoenix and Nuggets. Um, and and the, the, the Bucks are probably only that tier one team in the East. So uh, make no mistake that the, the Bucks are, should be positive. They have every reason to feel positive about this season going very well, competing for a championship, winning a championship, et cetera. Um, but as we know, Middleton hasn't been the picture of health in the last few years. Yeah. Brooke Lopez is 35 years old. Drew Holiday's, you know, uh, you know, a few years past 30. He's talked about retiring in a year or two. Um, so again, you know, even if they, if it's not successful this year, um, it's hard for for Giannis. It's hard. It will be hard for the Bucks to sell Giannis on a on a vision of the future in which, okay, once Middleton and Lopez are wiped out, we have all these draft picks, all these young guys coming in to replenish the talent because that's just not yeah. the case. Yeah, Chris Middleton just turned 32. Uh, Drew Holiday is turning 33, or he just turned 33 in June. I mean, <laughs> those ages would scare me. And, and, you know, especially with Middleton, given the recent health uh, issues he's had. Um, Drew Holiday is a guy that, you know, hasn't played more than 70 games since 2018. So, uh, again, I think that's what Giannis is looking at and saying, hey, like, I don't necessarily see um, – a team that again is a sustainable winner so we better win now because essentially if he signs that extension you know he's signing the rest of his prime 
to the Milwaukee Bucks being able to rebuild this thing. And he says multiple times in the interview that I'm not about this rebuilding. Like that is not part of the equation for me and where I'm at in my career. But essentially that is what they're going to have to do eventually when these guys end up, uh, you know, phasing out of, of, of becoming star our player perspective, because this is a Knicks podcast, matching them up with the Lakers when it comes to destinations, because those are the two that Mark Stein illustrates. The Lakers and Knicks are presumed to be uh, franchises that Giannis will be interested in. Those are the words that Stein uses. Why do you think, though, that is the case? And how do the Knicks in your eyes stack up with the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, it's if you're a, a middle of the you know mid market, small market team, it's incredibly frustrating to hear. Not, it's not surprising, yeah. but you know, it's big cities: New York, L.A. Um, you know, Giannis, to his credit, has been a terrific t- you know teammate and and uh, employee of the Bucks organization since the day he was drafted, and and you know they took a chance on him, and rightfully so. Um, they've been rewarded, um, you know, a, a million times fold. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't shock anybody if you spend some time, you know, kind of uh, in that lower market, you know, paying him. For playing in front of um, not necessarily the biggest crowds, uh, the most boisterous arenas, even though, you know, credit to Milwaukee, they have, they have a dedicated loyal fan base. It's not like the garden. It's not like the Staples Center or crypto, whatever they're calling it now. Yeah. Um, it's just that those, those, those big markets, those big cities have a different feel to them. And Giannis has played enough. Um, he's a man of the world. He's traveled enough to, you know, London, Paris, and, and, you know, he's, he spent time in Madrid and, and, and major big cities to know that yeah. there's an appeal there. So it's not surprising, um, that he'd want to, you know, kind of change things up and, and go about things. And also knowing for a fact that, you know, Dolan's not going to ever blush at spending quadruple billions in, in luxury tax money to surround Giannis with the best players. And same for the bus family out in LA. If you have a player like Giannis, um, you do what it takes to surround him. So, um, you know, this is the, the, the issues that, that small market teams run into all the time. Um, but in the NBA, if you draft correctly, we've seen, um, you know, uh, the Denver coming off a championship, Milwaukee won a championship with Giannis. Um, so it's not as though, you know, uh, you know, the, certainly the Knicks have more losses than any team this, you know, this, this, this millennium. Yeah. Um, so, so there's no guarantee that just because you're a big city, but this is one of those situations where being in a big city could potentially help the Knicks, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the New York franchise. And look, I mean, we've been down this road <laughs> for now, I guess, when was the last, when was the summer of 2010 or 2011? Whatever that was, that was what, 14 years ago, whatever, 12 years ago. We've been down this road now for more than a decade. When it comes yep. to, oh, this guy's going to finally make it over to New York. Right. It really... Maybe I'm going to be jinxing us again. It really feels like something of consequence is going to happen next summer. We've seen too many people pointing to next summer as Knicks being major players when it comes to this, the star market. Again, not knowing exactly what star is going to spring loose. We spent most of this summer talking about Joel Embiid for good reason. The Sixers look like they're on the verge of blowing up and Embiid again made those comments to Maverick Carter. But now you got Giannis Cupo potentially springing loose and him making comments. And the Knicks are once again uh, mentioned. And there was a time where regardless of the, the big market and regardless of what New York had to offer, um, the Knicks just were not going to be major players for big name free agents or stars that became available. You know, um, there weren't big time players when Dwight Howard went out of Orlando. They weren't big time players for 
Um, a, a lot of guys, I mean, the famous Lamarcus Aldridge uh, pursuit that ended up not happening at all because he, he didn't want to play center or whatever the situation was. So they, we've seen the Knicks go down this road where they're expected in a, don't even mention on Katie and Kyrie and stuff, but we, we've gone down this road where Knicks ended up really not being players significantly in these negotiations where now it just feels like next summer something is going to happen. The question I have, though, is like from the Knicks perspective, like what are you trading for a Giannis Antetokounmpo? I mean, there's no draft pick I'm not trading. Every draft pick is gone, and that's I have no problem with it. You're trading every draft pick, trading every swap, and it is what it is. Is there is there any possibility you can keep Brunson in a trade with the Bucks where you keep him out of it and you're able to trade basically everything else? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think Brunson's the one untouchable um, because I I, I don't envision Milwaukee, you know, it's uh, what they like Jalen Brunson, 100%. But next summer, he'll be a year closer to free agency. So he's going to be due uh, a massive contract. uh, You know, if he wants to sign extension, stay in New York, that's a possibility. He'll probably want more in free agent. I mean, listen, Fred Van Vliet just got $40 million. If you don't think Jalen Brunson can get... 40 plus 45 million dollars annually you're not paying attention to the landscape of the league um do the bucks a re- at that point if you trade Giannis, obviously you trade lopez you trade middleton you you got the whole thing um do they want one year of jalen brunson and then have to pay him you know a 200 million dollar right. contract you would think probably not um you know depending on what other assets they can get for those other guys maybe they feel they can be a mid-tier contender and they don't want to go the full rebuild route which wouldn't make a lot of sense to anybody um so i think if you're the knicks you say listen brunson's off the table whatever else you want you can take you know with within reason you know we can't give you iq and grimes and every draft pick and rj back you know but you know take two and three and then three of the four draft etc you know we can work something out um but yeah and and that's the thing that's why you it crazy to feel like um that something more you know there's a little bit more reason to be optimistic yes we've you know lucy's held the football and charlie brown's you know tried to kick it time and time again um you know in in new york nick fans know that feeling of the gut punch of seeing lebron go to south beach after you know announcing it in connecticut etc we we don't have to go through all that we know it um there's reasons to be more optimistic this time not foolishly optimistic not overly optimistic not confident um but you know okay there's there's some going on knicks have as much draft capital as you know uh, quality draft capital Uh, let me rephrase that the combination of draft capital and young at young Good players on team-friendly yeah. contracts as any team in the NBA. Um, Bleacher Report just earlier this week, I think it was Eric Pink, has put out a list of like the teams with the most draft capital. Knicks ranked third. Um, that obviously did include guys like Grimes, IQ, Barrett, uh, McBride, Rokas Jokobitis, who's playing well in in um, in, in, in FIBA World Cup. Um, so so there's there's pieces that the Knicks can put together um, that would make any team you know that could compete with any team. And if the player says he wants to be there. Um, and I think that's why it's so important. You know, 
next summer, specifically, and, and EJ mentioned that next season is incredibly important for the Bucks. And you might ask, well, why? Because the, the, the Bucks have him under contract for two more years. So even if they struggle this yeah. season, they have until next season before he become a free agent. That's where, if you're Milwaukee, things get very, very dicey. Because the only thing worse than losing the face of your franchise um, and, and something you've built the entire franchise around in Giannis Antetokounmpo is losing him for nothing. So if he, if, if you have even a Absolutely. slightest in, inclination and you think Giannis would be honest enough to tell him, listen, I'm probably going to leave at the end of next year, um, you it would be really difficult to go into a season if he doesn't extend next year um, to, to lose Giannis for nothing when you could theoretically – um, you know, trade him and replenish and really rebuild your, your entire franchise um, and, and with draft picks and young players and, and, and just become an exciting young team um, opposed to letting Giannis Le- uh, leave and then you're completely gutted. So that's why it's going to be so interesting what happens this season and what Giannis tells the Bucks in June, July next year. Yeah, I mean, we now know the great players really never hit free agency. That's not really a thing yeah. anymore. These yeah. guys don't wait up until – all right, I'm just going to play out of my contract. And these teams don't wait up to the fact that right. oh, you're going to play out your contract and then you're going to bounce on us. No, that's not happening. So it, so these guys that say I'm going to want to be traded, and because they have that year of of leverage, essentially say, look, I have one year left in my deal. They yes. can kind of maneuver where they want to go. You know, they yes. they are in a position where. No, now look, some of these guys that we've talked about plenty on this podcast have three, four years left in their deal. <laughs> they still find a way to get to where they want to go. Um, but and that's what I think what Dame Lillard is trying to do right now, essentially. But right. when you have that year left, it's it's it gets as Tommy said, it gets very dicey and it puts the Knicks in a, in a position of strength. And it is someone's gonna take the plunge. Someone. I know for Knicks fans, they've heard this and they've probably been beaten down so much. But there's just no way, given the way the team is put together, the assets that the Knicks have compiled, the trades that they didn't make. I mean, think about like the fact that they didn't make the Don Mitchell trade because the price was too high. That's another thing too. Like people really sometimes like I, I'm look. The Knicks haven't necessarily earned a lot of you know benefit of the doubt at all. But like people do like look at things that happen and just think like the surface of oh Knicks blew it. It was a blunder. Like. There's a reason why the Knicks were saying, hey, we cannot afford to trade three or four unpredicted first-round picks of our own in a Donovan Mitchell trade, knowing that it capped what they could do in the future. And we say, well, what does the future look like? This is what it looks like. It looks like Joel and B telling Maverick Carter, I want to win somewhere. I may want to win somewhere else. It's Yonathan DeCoupo saying, I'm not signing an extension until they build a champion. This is that other thing. That is why they don't make the first move. That is why they don't take a plunge even years ago for a CJ McCollum when he became available. Like this is what they're building towards. So the Knicks are willing to make moves that make sense for them. But if it's going to essentially take them out of the running for that absolute crown jewel, the crown jewel players of the NBA, they're not willing to do it. And even someone like Donovan Mitchell, as great as he is, he's not on that level, which is why they held firm on a certain price. And I think I I'm starting to feel optimistic. The Knicks will eventually, uh, find the fruits of their labor next summer because it just sounds like everyone's saying that next summer is going to be the one. Last thing quickly before I move on, Giannis or Embiid? If you had to choose one guy to add to this Knicks team, who would it be? Uh, i go Giannis. A um, little bit younger, less injury prone. Um, I just I feel more confident going forward. Um, proven 
that he can produce in the postseason. You know, Embiid has had his struggles, hasn't got past the second round. Um, you know, we know about the, uh, you know, when uh, Giannis got to the finals, the 50 point was 50, 17 and five blocks. Yeah. Just insane numbers in game six to win a championship. Um, 17 of 19 from the free throw line in that game, I believe. Um, so, you know, one of the best games played by any player um, in a big spot in the last five, 10 years or so. Um, that was that Giannis game. You know, he can dominate on both ends of the floor. Um, his competitiveness, you know, you know he's going to stay in shape. You know he's going to um, – and he's just a, an easy guy to root for. Just, again, um, everything you'd love about, um, you know, you know, the, just the story um, for him to come to New York would be a, a godsend for the franchise. I agree. I would go with Giannis of all of the things you mentioned, less injury prone, more of a proven winner, proven champion. Um, there's a part of me that looks at Embiid's ability to shoot the ball and wonders if if he stays healthy, will he age a little better? And I think it's a fair question. Yep. But I think Giannis is a better player right now. So right. I think that's why I, I would lean toward Giannis Antetokounmpo, a guy who I actually, you know, would have voted for MVP. Um, not this season, but the season prior when he was on the beach. Yep. That's how great Giannis has been. And he had another great season this year that kind of got overshadowed by the MVP of Yoko's conversation.